Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team, Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. My thoughts, my opinion, sports podcast. Yo, what it is. Welcome back to another episode of MTMO Sports Podcast, dogs. Yo, this, let me go ahead and start off by saying that this podcast is most definitely sponsored by Readventure Self Fitness. If you're looking for that, motivational uh, trainer that you need to get yourself back into the gym, to get yourself right, get yourself back right, hit my hit my bro up, man. I guarantee you, he will not be disappointed of the things he can do to help you out, you feel me? If you need that, like I said, that personal training, if you need help for meal prepping, anything in that nature, even if you're already doing that stuff and you still need that extra motivation, just make sure y'all follow the Instagram and make sure y'all go hit them in the DM and hit him up, you feel me? I guarantee you, yo, he's going to get you right, man, because he's been getting me back into the gym. He's been helping with my meal prep and everything. So I guarantee y'all, yo, it's a, it's, it's, it's something that you, you need in your life. Go ahead and try it out. Oh, also, I hope y'all enjoyed my two-year anniversary episode, man, with the young kid, Ladanian Blackwell, man. Like I said, dope kid, man, rising star. If you wasn't on, a, uh, wasn't able to check out my live last time, man, it's still available. Go on the YouTube page, go follow it, go check it out. Guarantee you, it's a, it's like I said, it's an episode you don't want to miss. You feel me? Speaking of episodes you don't want to miss, yo, I know y'all seen my thumbnail, yo. This is most definitely an episode you don't want to miss, you feel me? Because I'm going to be talking about James Harden and his situation with his uh with the Sixers president, GM. You feel me? I'm going to be talking about Paul Pierce taking a shot at D-Wade. I, I most definitely can't wait to talk about that. And y'all already know your football season has arrived. I can't wait to go ahead and let each uh, talk about each AFC division. Uh, so I can get y'all who I feel like is going to win that division and why, you feel me? And I got a couple of announcements at the end, you feel me? So stay tuned, relax, get your popcorn, sit back, however you watching this on your phone, laptops, TV, whatever it is, let's get comfortable, let's get right. Let's talk, let's, let's, let's go ahead and start this off with James Harden, man. Man, James Harden, as we all know, he requested a trade. He wanted to go to the uh, Los Angeles Clippers to team up with Kawhi and PG. You know, I don't know why, but, you know, <laughs> those guys is not really available all the time. But, you know what I mean? But if they are available, it is a duo that you you will love to link up, you feel me? And, you know, he, he put it out there. He gave the Sixers a chance. He gave, he gave them a little discount of last season. And he, he pretty much was like, all right, you know, I gave you the discount. Now, what's up with the long deal? What's up with the long term? I love to stay in Philly. Hey, kick with Embiid. Embiid is, he's the guy. I'll have no problem being the secondary guy. But, you know, Daryl Moore has other plans, I guess. You know what I mean? So, right now, he's not trying to negotiate no trade talks for uh, James Harden. He shut the trade talks down. Um, and James Harden had some few choice words uh 
and his Adidas camp, man, and and it was kind of wild, <laughs> man. But he also, but he came out and said that Dan Morley is a liar, and I would never be a part of any organization that he's a part of, and that's pretty deep, man. Because you got to remember, man, he was the whole reason James Harden won the kind of Philly. You know what I mean? He felt like that uh, in Houston that he gave him the tools and opportunity that gave him the best chance to win a championship. So that was the whole reason of the link up. Now, my man James Harden called him a liar. Like that's a strong, that's strong words. You feel me? And to do it at your Adidas um, press conference or whatever he was doing, like live, where people could just go ahead and you know, it, it's it's the world of phones. Everything comes out real quick in just the end of the snap. You feel me? Just remember how that Jordan Poole and that Draymond Green situation went down. But anywho, you know what I mean? Um, James Harden, I, I, I see both sides of the story. You know what I mean? So let's look at from James Harden eyes first. James Harden eyes, you feel me? He was like, I felt like I was loyal to you. I gave you some good years in Houston. I came to Philly. I took a nice discount last year. It's only right that you, you know, you give me what I would like, what I want. You feel me? And, and. You know, probably, you know, the business guy that that, that guy was, he said, sure, James, man, I got you, man. Sit back. Don't worry. I'm going to give you what you want. You know what I mean? And then, you know, trade talk stopped. You know what I mean? So James Harden felt like he felt betrayed. He felt like, dog, I I gave you an opportunity. Why not? Why not give me what I want? You know what I mean? I'm I'm not happy here. Y'all not trying to give me a long term deal. So why not just go ahead and ship me and get some more key valuable pieces? Because the Clippers do have some good key valuable pieces there. You know what I mean? That you can move to Philly and help build Philly up. If I was there on all, I would say yes. <laughs> Most definitely. You know what I mean? Got you. You know, I, I understand I don't want to go to a full rebuild. But like I said, the Clippers have do got some players that I felt like it can help the Sixers not drop down so much. Because you got Embiid, the second big, the second big in the league. You know, we already know that Jokic is number one, but Embiid is right there in the conversation. You know what I mean? He can, he is the dominant force. He is the dominant big man. He plays on both ends of the floor. So why not just try to get good, valuable pieces while James Harden is still valuable? You know what I mean? Because we all know that, and we all seeing that James Harden. It's starting to decrease a little bit. For the time, may have clipped him, may have got him a little bit. You feel me? And and it's not a bad thing because for the time, it's undefeated. You know what I mean? But still, James Harden is still producing. James Harden is still averaging uh 20 points a game. James Harden was still leading or in the top five in assists. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was leading, he led the lead in, in assists. So it's not saying that James Harden had hit a a cliff, a, a straight dive. James Harden is still a walking bucket. He showed you in the playoffs that he's still capable of dropping 40. You know what I mean? Now, it's not on an everyday consistent basis. It's not what it used to be in Houston. But James Harden is still a, a good, key, valuable player in this league who still can ball in this league. You know what I mean? There's no way that James Harden should be blackballed from this league. You know what I mean? I don't think that... James Harden is almost in that mellow situation because we all sit here and still, I still say mellow should not have been in that situation. You know what I mean? So I clearly feel like James Harden is still a bucky getter in this league. So why not get good value off of James Harden now before he's disgruntled, as people would like to say, he could come to camp out of shape and he's not going to put in the work. Then why, why have that guy that bad vibe in your organization. Now I'm not, I'm not for always every time that these players try to, uh, they, they piss moan and groan. They, now they demand a trade. No, but if, if, if it's, if both parties really, because like I said, the Sixers are not really looking to bring in James Harden for a long term. Now I'm not saying that James Harden should, should get a super max or, or a max deal, but I believe that, a three-year contract is not a bad contract on the books for Philly, in my opinion. But now let's flip it to the business side. Now, the business side is completely different. Now, you know what I mean? Now, they, they try to feel like what's best for their organization and not what's best for the player right now. If they give away, if they trade away James Harden, 
what would they what can they really get from James Harden? You know what I mean? And they already know that uh, asking price of James Harden, you can't ask for a first round in, in big names, really. You kind of going to get some of that bench role players a little bit or role players, period. So um, on the business side to Philly, they probably saying right now, it's not really up to us, not really good for us. It's not it's not the best thing for us to do. You know, I mean, the best thing is to try to do is maybe keep James Harden and, and, and try to work something out on a short term deal. So that way we just don't let him walk for nothing or we just don't give him a big deal and he don't show up. You know what I mean? So I, I get both sides of the story. But at the same time, man, like I said, James Harden is a, a, a bucket getter. He deserves to at least be a nice, decent contract. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that he should get a super max or, or a max, anything in that nature. I, I I feel like James Harden has passed that prime already. You know what I mean? But I still feel like James Harden prime is not all the way ran out. I still feel like James Harden can still, and I feel like he's still going to drop 20-something odd points this year. I feel like James Harden still going to average 10 assists or more. You know, I mean, the, no doesn't matter what team that he play on. That's just the I feel like James Harden can still contribute to whatever team that he wind up being on. And then, like I said, if I'm Philly and I'm James Harden, I, if I'm Philly, I would try to work a deal out. Or if I can't work a deal out, I would try to get some good value out of him now. You know, what I mean, the best value you possibly can. But if I'm James Harden, I would. Doesn't matter if Philly give me a long-term deal, or if they trade me, come to camp in shape, come to camp ready to work and show why you are James Harden, why you're still a bucket getter, why you deserve to get what you want in this league. You feel me? So I I, I just feel like that's, that's what it will work out for both sides. You feel me? Now let's get to this topic because this topic right here is, is I, at first I wasn't really going to talk about it, but then I was like, man, I, I have to talk about it now because I feel like everybody still wasn't hitting the nail on, you know what I mean, hit, hit, hitting the right spots, you know, getting getting down to Paul Pierce in this D-Wade situation, man, because I feel like Paul Pierce is straight bugging, straight bugging. I don't know what show has been smoking, but my man, Pass the Dutchie, my friend. <laughs> because if y'all already don't know, man, that Paul Pierce uh, has been going kind of going at D-Wade. I'm not going to say that he fully attacked D-Wade because, like I said, we already know the history of D-Wade. But I feel like Paul Pierce was, was is trying to reach for something that he shouldn't even be really reaching for, in my opinion. You know what I mean? He he came out and on a uh podcast. What is it? Uh or uh, uh I forgot the camera on the Mace podcast, man. Um and he came out and said this like his rank total would have at least matched Wade's. And if he had the same type of supporting cast, put Shaq on my team, put LeBron and Bosch with me. I'm not going to and I'm not gonna win one. So Paul Pierce, he wants some big name calibers. He felt like that he he needed to be on his team, and in my opinion, he played with some some big caliber names. You feel me? He didn't play with. We already know the big three: Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo. We already know about them, but he also played with some other big names too. He played with uh, Antoine Walker who still got the same number of rings, even he didn't even get one in Boston. He went, he had to go to Miami and get one, but he still got the same number of rings as you. Excuse me. You didn't play with Al Jefferson. Now, I'm not saying that Al Jefferson was 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 the most dominant big man, but Al Jefferson during his time, man, he he, he was holding his own. He was, a, he was a decent big man. You didn't play with a Jeff Green who's still living his NBA journey right now as we speak for real. You know what I mean? Who just won his first title with the Denver Nuggets last year. 
You didn't play with Joe Johnson, ISO Joe. You know what I mean? It's not just once, multiple times with Joe Johnson. You didn't play with Jason Terry. You didn't play with Jermaine O'Neal. And not to forget to mention Vin Baker. Now, all these guys, I'm not saying that all these guys are straight bona fide Hall of Famers. Out of all that list, in my opinion, we already know the, the top three who's going to be who's Hall of Famers. You know what I mean? And that's the big three that he played with in Boston. So, Ben Baker was not no slouch during his time. You know what I mean? Ben Baker was a decent big man. Ben Baker was doing them during that nineties era. He was he was a top uh, power forward in the league. Jermaine O'Neal, he came in out of high school, but he still wound up being a top big man in this league. And he played when he played on multiple teams. He wasn't just no journey big man. You know, Jason Terry was a top rated player, won six uh six man of the year, if I'm not mistaken. So you're going to sit here and tell me that you didn't have a good type of big high-caliber players. And not to mention, you talking about you want to play with Shaq. My God, Shaq, you did play with Shaq. Now, it wasn't the Shaq that was with the Lakers and when he finally came to Miami, no. But you wound up playing with Shaq. Now, was it the Shaq that you want? But no, but you got a Shaq, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? You think Phoenix wanted that type of Shaq? You think the Cavaliers wanted that type of Shaq? You think you, you actually think if LeBron would have said, "Man, if I if if I would have had a Shaq during my time that I played against the the, the Spurs on his first uh, Finals trip," hey, right, what you think then? So, Paul Pierce, man, I, I think. You act like you didn't play with no good caliber players, man. And and, and that's like not to mention, Paul Pierce is still, uh, he's a Hall of Fame player. It's not the, it's not like uh, Paul Pierce is the slouch. It's not like Paul Pierce is, is, is garbage or anything in that nature. Because his all-time stats, he scored 26,397 points. He got uh, uh, 1,752 steals. He made 8,668 field goals. His three points, he made 2,143. And his free throws, he made 6,918. And during that time, during his time, you know what I mean? You know, stats changed so much. It changed so much throughout. The way these points is going up now, stats changed. But once upon a time, he was 16th all-time in points. He was 20th all-time in steals. He was 25th all-time in field goals made. He was 9th all-time three points made. And he was 9th all-time in free throws made. So it's not like Paul Pierce is a slouch. You know what I mean? Let's go with clutch scoring. Clutch scoring in the regular season. Paul Pierce had uh, 1,988 regular season points, clutch points, third all-time. And playoffs, he has 257 uh, clutch points, which ranks him fourth all time. Now, like I said, Paul Pierce ain't no slouch. He's a 10-time All-Star. He's a four-time uh, All-NBA. He's a one-time champ, and he's the finals champ on that, on that uh, 2008 uh, championship run. If you just listen to all that, man, if I'm Paul Pierce, yo, I is no I have no reason to compare my my legacy, my career to anybody. It's no reason. You know what I mean? What you said about uh pretty much going towards D Wade, man, was unnecessary. But these stats, my guy, that's that's still a Hall of Fame career. That's a bona fide Hall of Fame career, yo. You know what I mean? It's like that's a sure enough that nobody should have to think about uh is Paul Pierce a Hall of Fame. None. But he goes at Dwayne Wade. Now, I'm I everybody remember, man, Jalen Rose had to put Paul Pierce in his place on ESPN multiple times when, when this conversation first popped off. You know what I mean? D Wade, he is a 13-time All-Star. He is an eight-time All-NBA. He's a three-time um, champ 
and he was a finals MVP in 2006. Well-deserved. You know what I mean? But now, D-Wade got the news, and he heard about it. And the next thing you know, D-Wade said, I'm happy with my career. I don't know who's not happy with theirs, but I'm sorry if you're not. But I'm happy with the, with the one I got. Happy. That's how Paul Pierce's statement should have been, yo. We should have win here because now the comparison begins. I already gave y'all pretty much their highlights. Let's compare these two. D-Wade in his career averaged 22 points a game, averaged 4.7 rebounds, averaged 5.4 assists, and he came in with a 48%. Paul Pierce. His career, 19.7 points a game, 5.6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and he ended his career with 44%. Still, like I said, not bad, not too far off the numbers. But now let's get real deep. Inside scoring, who was better? D-Wade. We already know what the Flash can do. We already know that he was not scared to get in the paint. That was led to come, you know, some of D-Wade injuries. Because he was so aggressive to the paint, so aggressive to the basket. You know what I mean? And, and it was, wasn't was really good on his body. You know what I mean? Always landing awkward. He had, you know, some bad injuries in the beginning of his career. And, and maybe in somewhat of his prime. You know what I mean? So inside scoring most definitely was D-Wade. Outside scoring. We can go ahead and get at the Paul Pierce. We already know that Paul Pierce was, was deadly on that elbow and on that uh, three-point line of the elbow. Paul Pierce most definitely was 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 a guy that you can count on uh, in this, most definitely in that mid-range. He was a big body other, other than like Kevin Durant and, 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 you know, others like that who had that smooth midi. Paul Pierce was also had a smooth midi. It was many times that I hated Paul Pierce hitting his, mid, his middies against the Lakers. You know what I mean? But, you know, we're going to get an outside score on the Paul Pierce. Playmaking. D-Wade. We see in the assist category, 5.4 versus 3.5. You know what I mean? D-Wade wasn't only just, uh, uh, you know, a score. He also, you know, had the IQ and the ability to find other players. You know what I mean? And with the other players that uh, D-Wade played with, he played with some with some great players also. I'm going to get to that list right after I do this. But, you know what I mean? Playmaking, we're going to go with the D-Wade. Athleticism. D-Wade, we already said how, how athletic he was, how he was getting, how he was able to get into the paint real easy. You know what I mean? And he was able to play on both sides of the floor. Not saying that Paul Pierce didn't play defense or anything in that nature, but I felt like D-Wade could play both sides of the floor, which leads to defense, goes into Wade. You know what I mean? So, once again, Wade wins that category. Rim protection. With that athletic system, we already know that D-Wade was better at rim protecting. You know what I mean? In my opinion, Paul Pierce didn't really have no bounce. He had enough bounce to get, you know, to dunk from time to time. It wasn't like he was Zach Randolph off the floor or anything in that nature. But he most definitely can, uh, you know, get up there. But he wasn't more rim protected than D-Wade. And rebounding, as we're going to clearly see that Paul Pierce most definitely had the rebounds when it came to 5.6 to 4.7. So if we all look at this comparison in my eyes, I feel like that D-Wade is the better all-around player. You know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure everybody else can hopefully agree, chime in if you like. You feel me? But I most definitely think that D-Wade had a better career. You know what I mean? Now, D Wade played with some played with some Hall of Famers too. You know what I mean? He played with a Chris Boss, LeBron. He didn't play with a Shaq. He didn't play with Alonzo Mourning. He also played with a Ray Allen, just like Paul Pierce. He also played with an Antoine Walker, just like Paul Pierce. And remember, those two got championships when they played with D Wade. He also played with a Gary Payton. Now Gary Payton wasn't GP uh, like he was in the beginning of his career, but he did. GP is a Hall of Famer point guard. And he also played with, you know, people like Mario Chalmers. I'm not saying that Mario Chalmers was 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 ass or anything in that nature, but 
uh, you know, Mario Chalmers lived up to his role. He was able to do what he was supposed to do during his time in Miami. You feel me? So it's not like that D-Wade played with no slouches either, D-Wade. And I feel like to, to most definitely kind of almost end this argument, per se, you know what I mean? I feel like that Paul Pierce should shut the hell up. Yo, take your career, dog. You know what I mean? It's like, dog, I'm not understanding why you wants to compare your career to anybody else's career, man. Like D-Way said, man, you should be happy with your career because he's happy with his. He's not sitting here comparing himself to Kobe or to MJ. You know what I mean? To nobody in, in, in that nature. You know what I mean? Because we already know that if we compare D-Wade to Kobe, and if, you know what I mean, it's a totally different story. And you got to also got to remember, when you gave, when, when the Heat also got LeBron and Chris Bosh, remember all that when LeBron back to back to back to back, that didn't happen. Didn't happen. They was only able to get two championships with that big three. You know what I mean? Just one more championships than your big three. You know what I mean? Maybe if you wouldn't have, y'all wouldn't have bullshit around against the uh, Magics one year, maybe you would have had your earlier rematch against the Lakers sooner. But you missed a year. You know what I mean? But same as Miami with that top three, with those big three. They missed, they missed a couple of years. They lost in the finals to the Mavericks, who didn't really have a big three. You know what I mean? They had Dirk Nowinski, and they had hell of a good everybody else to know their role. They had a good point guard, Jason Kidd, that can lead them. They had J.J. Barrett, where well, Miami couldn't stop them. They had Sean Murray that could play both sides, where he was mainly on for defense. It was like they, 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 they had the caliber team to hold Miami. You know what I mean? The big three y'all played against Miami. Watch that. That was the whole, and that was one of the main reasons why y'all was pissed at Ray Allen because he was like, "Man, fuck this shit. I can't beat him. Join him." <laughs> so, man, Paul Pierce, man, chillax, calm down. I hopefully this will get you to understand that, my man, enjoy your career. You you are a Hall of Famer. It's no reason for you to keep going back and forth and hoping and wishing and and, and all this other stuff. You feel me? You know, I mean? you're all the fame of my guy. <laughs> Deal with it. Love it. Enjoy it. <laughs> I'm just not understanding why you 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 really came out, you know what I mean, to that podcast and, and really said that statement, man. Like I say, of course anybody can say, put this, put this person, put this person on my team and we can win. But sometimes that's not the case. We didn't seen a lot of big threes fail, you know. What I mean, it's 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 it, it takes a it takes it takes time to build chemistry. It takes time to understand what what that big three really can do, you know. What I mean, out of all the big threes, other than the 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 Shaq and Kobe, but we don't who's the third person you will put in. Other than that, man, you don't have like a a three peaks no more. You know what I mean? So, like I said, man. It's a lot of it's a lot of players out here that wish they can have your shoes, wish they can have, wish you could have been that guy. But you know what I mean? They not they settle for what they have, you know what I mean? And, and they move on and be happy with their careers. So be happy with yours. At least you had one. You know what I mean? All right, that's all the basketball news that I got for y'all. You feel me? Basketball season is, is slowly approaching. I see that they already have the tip-off games. You see my Lakers play against them Nuggets on a first opening game, and that's when I guess the Nuggets going to raise their first banner and whatnot. You know what I mean? Hopefully my Lakers go out here and destroy their banner tonight. You feel me? And and and, and, and let's get a motivation. Let's, let's get some momentum going in the beginning of the season, man, because I think what the Lakers had did, uh, this offseason was some was great uh great great was able to grab some great pieces and was able to sign 80 to a nice contract and i'm still wrap, trying to wrap my head around see what this is all about but you know what i mean was able to solidify say that we have a a big man that that's willing to stay here even if lebron do stay or leave you know after the season coming up but another time another topic 
another episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, as we all know, that the NFL is 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 slowly approaching, slowly approaching. You feel me? And like I said, I this this conversations, man. I I'm so glad to talk about. You know what I mean? I can't wait to talk about. I can't wait to sit here and and tell y'all each AFC division, man, who I feel like is going to win. Because like I feel, I, I feel like y'all probably going to disagree on some of the uh, picks I pick. You know what I mean? But you know, hey. It's my picks. It's my opinion. <laughs> and it's no right or wrong with, with my opinion. You feel me? But you know what I mean? And, and some of these, some of these wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And honestly, I think the NFC is even going to be even harder for me to do. But like I said, that, that's also another topic, another episode. But um, let's start off with the AFC West. I think that was like the most easiest division, kind of. We got some, you know, maybe some sorting out things to work out with. But let's start with the AFC West. As y'all can see, man, I, I got uh, Kansas City coming in number one this year. Uh, I feel like until you somebody can dethrone the champs, man, then this is exactly what it's going to be for the time, you know, every time people want to talk about the AFC West. I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they lost Eric enemy even though they don't have Juju Smith-Houston, even though they don't have uh, Tyreek Hill, who has been gone for coming up two seasons now, I still feel like the Kansas City Chiefs are still the strongest team in this division. Now, I'm not saying that uh, any other team, uh, or at least the Chargers, won't catch them or at least come close to catching them, but to finish the season off, the, the Chiefs have showed us multiple times that you really shouldn't bet against these guys. <laughs> you feel me? You know, Patrick Mahomes still finds a way to actually start winning this season, man. Patrick Mahomes still find a way to still going to be MVP of this league. You feel me? So I, I feel like that now that Brady has fully retired, that Brady is not coming back anytime soon, hopefully. Keep your fingers crossed. But the league is pretty much in Patrick Mahomes' hands. And if Patrick Mahomes is the guy that's got the toggle on his back, man, he's going to pretty much do almost keep winning his division at least. The more divisions, uh, championships that he can most definitely accomplish can most definitely solidify him when it comes to these quarterbacks that's that's uh, also in this AFC West. And my second one, I'm going with the Chargers, man. I feel like I don't want to quite give up on Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert now got a new contract. He most definitely – uh, got something to prove now. And I feel like with the new addition of their offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore, I feel like now is the, the, the Chargers have an opportunity to actually um, do something. They also went out and grabbed another wide receiver in Quentin uh, – what is his name? Quentin Richardson? No, not Quentin Richardson. Quentin uh, – dang. I cannot – Quentin Williams. There you go. One of the wide receivers I wanted the Ravens to draft. Uh, this year in the draft. So for them to have pretty much like a three-headed monster, which they still got Keenan Allen, they still got um, uh, what's the guy on the other side of him? Man, I can't think of his name right now, but um, Williams, if I'm not mistaken. No, nah, that's not his name either. I can't think of his name right now, but they I, they had three wide receivers that fully can really put um, a lot of defenses in trouble this year. So I, I feel like if if if, if the Chargers can live up to that hype to that, and hopefully that defense with Bosa and Khalil Matt um, can can hold that defense aside down. We got to see how Shante, um Samuel Jr. hold up this year. Um, that defense side can also look good for them. Um, but I'm not really quite sold. I'm really quite sold on the Chargers actually winning that division. I mean, coming in number two. I still feel like the Broncos – can also win that division. I mean, uh, come in number two also. But I'm going to go ahead and get them number three. Number three because what they did last year with Nathaniel Hackett, man, was just straight booty. We almost kind of gave up on Russell Wilson. We still got questions to feel like Russell Wilson is not that guy. You feel me? And if Russell Wilson cannot um, have, be that guy, um, then I think the Broncos will be in trouble. You feel me? But for right now, I feel like 
Sean Payton is it had lit a fire underneath the Broncos. You know what I mean? Especially by going throwing shots at Nathaniel Hackett and going taking steps back of how things was ran last year and stuff like that. I feel like now that the Broncos have something to prove. And I, I'm like I said, I, I can most definitely see these guys coming in at a, maybe at a number two, depending on how the charges uh, hold up. But right now, until I see otherwise, until I can see Russell Wilson actually being maybe that rush that we've seen in Seattle, right now I'm going to hold them in number three. Number four, it's the, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I, I, I really just believe that the Raiders um, should fire uh, Mike McDaniels. Like, I, I, I really do, man, because McDaniels, he, he just – he, he, in my eyes, he's just a coordinator. You know what I mean? I, and there's nothing wrong being a coordinator. It, you know, shout out to Eric enemy because, you know, he right now he's a coordinator, even though he, he should be a head coach. But I feel like he, he he's just a coordinator. He only can run good systems in New England. I feel like every time he gets an opportunity elsewhere to be a head coach, just like how he did in Denver, he always blows it. You know what I mean? And he doesn't make great decisions, coaching decisions either. You know what I mean? You put – you put Derek Carr in a, in a in a bad pickle last year, in a bad predicament. You feel me? And, and then you make and then you let that man take the blame off for by himself. You act like Derek Carr is is, is David Carr. <laughs> you know what I mean? Derek Carr did almost everything he could possibly can. Other than you know them turn, yeah, some interceptions was terrible. The interceptions was nowhere near good. But you know what I mean? When you don't really give him that much help, and you don't want to run the ball when you want to throw 40-plus times a game. What you think is going to happen? A quarterback is most definitely going to be throwing a lot of interceptions, or at least close to having a lot of interceptions. The offense is not going to be moving as much. So I, I really think that the Raiders is going to come in last, and I feel like Jimmy G is not the guy that's going to get it downfield. Jimmy G is the guy that can he can do your deacon dunk, and I'm pretty sure uh, Jimmy G has something to prove also. But Jimmy G is not the downfield threat type quarterback. And I'm pretty sure you're not going to want to just think and dunk Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams don't want to – it's not your think and dunk wide receiver. He's a, he's kind of your big play wide receiver. You know what I mean? But I, 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 I'm I just not sold on the Raiders, man. And I, I just think that the Raiders is most definitely going to have a struggling time this year, especially if they don't run the ball. You know what I mean? And they've got to hope that Josh Jacobs will be even return this year. You know what I mean? I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's still on holdout. And then if you're not going to have your top running back report to camp and report to the organization, then what? All right, man, let's 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 get to some of the comments. My man, sports, uh, PSP, my man, Pernell, man, Raiders of Fire, Mike McDaniels, Tankful, Caleb Williams, or Drake Mayer. May or defense in the draft, man. I, I, I'm not for the tanking, you know. What I mean, it's cool to if you got a plan and you already know that your team sucks, but I don't think tanking is going to help this situation, you know. What I mean, I don't, I just don't think that Caleb Williams is going to be the, the, the straight up answer, you know. What I mean, most definitely firing McDaniels, yes, I can agree with you on that one. Firing McDaniels, McDaniels is most definitely has to be the key. But if you don't, if that's not going to happen, then I don't know what else to tell you on that, one, man. All right, let's go up to the next division. Let's go with the AFC South. I think this is a pretty much almost a clear runaway when it comes to them. I, I feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars are, are a complete team. The Jaguars had already surprised us last year by making the playoffs, number one. Number two, now they get a full season with Doug, an, another full season of Doug Peterson. They get another, they get the ride off that playoff ride um, coming off of last season also. And I feel like Jacksonville Jaguars were adding Calvin Ripley, who's, who's a receiver, has a lot to prove this year. I feel like the Jaguars is pretty much the clear-cut favor to win this division this year. You know what I mean? Now, Trevor Lawrence is most definitely going to have to take a next step up. You know what I mean? He can't be that quarterback that can be like, ooh, 
uh, I don't think you want to have that type of situation with Trevor Lawrence, man. And I, I think Trevor Lawrence is most definitely going to uh have a bump up this year. So I, I feel like the Jaguars is going to win. And number two, I'm going to give it to the Tennessee Titans. All to the uh, simple fact that they did get DeAndre Hopkins and they still got Derrick Henry. It's like that offense can still uh, thrive. And with the head coach of Mike Rabel, man, you can't really count the t- uh, Tennessee Titans out for real. So with, with, with that, you know, Tennessee always has a fighting chance. And then with this division being the way it is, if Jacksonville have a lot of oops games this year, Tennessee can still snag away uh, this division. Number three, I give it to the Colts. They pretty much on a rebuild stage, but I feel like their rebuild stage is better than the rebuild stage than the Houston Texans right now. For the simple fact that uh, they got some returning players like in the wide receiver room for them, and I feel like the Colts uh, should have went and got a, a young quarterback two seasons ago. And I think that if they would have did that, we I think the coach could have been higher than number three right now. Maybe they could have been number two. You know what I mean? Because I feel like Ryan Tannehill is not the answer for Tennessee. And I know Tennessee should feel the same way also. You know what I mean? But uh, I feel like the Indianapolis coach, by getting uh, that new rookie type uh, quarterback and Richardson, Anthony Richardson, I feel like he's going to have a lot of ups and downs uh, this season. I don't feel like he's going to have a lot of – He's going to have more. I feel like the Colts, especially if they can't get Jonathan Taylor back, they're going to have a lot of downs and a lot of ups. Now, if they can get Jonathan Taylor back and he's fully brought into the season, uh, the Colts can potentially hold that number three and scare Tennessee at that number two position. You feel me? Because Jonathan Taylor, I feel like he is the top ten, maybe arguably top five running back in this league. Um, So – if he can make uh, their rookie quarterback job way more easier by handing the ball off, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, that will most definitely help the Colts out a lot. But if you're going to depend on your rookie quarterback throwing 40-plus times a game and hoping and praying that he can make a lot of answers and play a pretty much like backyard football, which Lamar kind of do sometimes, it's not going to win you a lot of games. And, and it won't help uh, your rookie quarterback longevity. The Houston Texans, I just feel like, you know, they're in the total rebuild stage. Um, number one, they're trying to build the culture behind D'Amico Ryans, who's now the head coach there. Uh, I feel like now they have a new rookie quarterback, and they also have um, they also drafted somebody on the defensive side, too, in this year's draft. So I feel like the Houston Texans is going to take a little bit of time. And by them getting my Ravens on the first game of the season, man, I think that that time will come fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like they, their season is going to start off a little shaky, a little rocky, and it's going to take some time for them to actually um, uh, actually grow for real. So I can uh, I, I feel like the Houston Texans is going to have a lot of growing pains. This is not going to be the year that the Houston Texans actually make some noise this year. I, I actually feel like that, you know, once they develop their culture, hopefully – you know, probably about midway throughout the season, towards the tail end of the season, they can finally build some momentum or anything in that nature. Hopefully that, you know, the Texans can build off of that and start into next year. But for this year, I just don't see it, man. I really just don't see it. I kind of gave you a sneak peek of it already, so I'm going to say for last. We're going to go with the AFC East. <laughs> man, the AFC East. I feel like the Jets will win it. At first, I wasn't fully brought in to the Jets actually winning um, the AFC East this year. I felt like uh, at first, I felt like the Bills were still the front runner. But man, by them getting Dalvin Cook, this is a couple of days ago. Things have changed. Things have changed. It's like it changed drastically to the point to. I'm not saying that they're the clear, almost the clear-cut favorites to come out the AFC, but man, the Jets are real dangerous. You know what I mean? Now with with Aaron Rodgers, who arguably is is one of the top quarterbacks in a regular season. The thing is, now he got to actually he got another he, he he got a running game, just like how he had in Green Bay. He he got a little bit of a passing game, just like how he had in Green Bay. You know what I mean? I feel like, and now that you get Nathaniel Hackett as one of your uh, coming as your coordinator, also, 
feel like it's kind of leading towards where Aaron Rodgers almost left off in, in, in the NFC. Um, you know, what I mean, kind of kind of putting him in a category of like you can you can almost if you can beat Patrick Mahomes, oh man, you can be very, very scary. You know what I mean? But you get to face Josh Allen twice a year. And if you can actually beat Josh Allen twice in this division, it's not it's not going to look good for the Bills. And also the Jets, also their defense. That defense is very strong also. <clears throat> Top 10 defense. You know what I mean? With Sauce Gardner as they trying to make him flatline to be the top cornerback in his league, which he, he almost didn't deserve because he had one hell of a season last year. You know what I mean? So the Jets' defense most definitely kind of gives them that front runner. You know what I mean? And I feel like if the Bills can at least split one with the Jets, it can most definitely make the AFC East very, very interesting. You feel me? So, but, you know, speaking of the Bills, man, I feel like the Bills – I felt like they should have, if they had the money and had the chance, they should have went and grabbed Dalvin Cook before the Jets did. You know what I mean? For the simple fact that the Bills didn't go do that, I feel like they feel like they got more trust and more confidence in the running back and the running game that they have now. Um, now, the only reason why, like I said, I feel like the, the Bills is dropped down to number two. They dropped down to number two. For the simple fact that, number one, this whole Stephon Diggs and this Josh Allen situation, I'm not saying that it, these two is having a situation, but their chemistry is a little bit off. You know what I mean? Stephon Diggs is pretty much already, you know, already having piss poor attitudes, and that's before even camp even started. He's already saying that he's frustrated with the offense. He's already frustrated and getting so close to the championship, to the Super Bowl, that he just taught a knock on the door and can't get in. You know what I mean? So I most definitely need to see how that situation play out. I need to see that the Bills – can finally stop letting Josh Allen do everything. Josh Allen can't be your leading passer and your leading rusher. You know what I mean? Because that that's why I said I felt like if they had the chance to go out here and get another addition to that running back game, I felt like that um the 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 Bills could have most definitely solidified being taking this AFC East again. You know what I mean? So I feel like the Bills since they didn't address that, uh, it kind of it kind of kills them. You know, this drops them down just a little bit, and it feel, I feel like um, uh, that the the Jets kind of got an edge, but they do got an edge over the Miami Dolphins, though. I, I'm still not fully sold on the Dolphins. I'm feeling, I'm I'm not sold on tour. You know, what I mean, I gotta be sold on that the number one that the Dolphins can actually protect tour, and that tour is fully in, fully invested. You know, what I mean, you gotta remember just the towards just during the uh, beginning of camp that tour had contemplating about retirement. If your quarterback is contemplating retirement, man, you really, you really almost out the game. You know what I mean? So I gotta see how this offense go, and I gotta see that how the Dolphins really end up at the end of the season. How they start playing? How strong are they? Are? Because you gotta remember, just uh, in the month of December and January, the Dolphins had went zero and five. And then they went to the playoffs in the first round and got bumped out. You know what I mean? And it was most definitely due to the quarterback play. Um, but they still got Eric Wild, uh, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill and Eric Waddle out there. Um, they added um, uh, uh, some more talent to their roster. So I just don't feel like the Dolphins can I, – I, like I said, I, I really just got to see how they really do about tour. And the Patriots coming in number four. I feel like the Patriots still hasn't did enough to put enough uh did enough to put enough around Mac Jones. I feel like that, you know, just because they got Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott is not the Ezekiel Elliott that he was six years ago. Ezekiel Elliott is not gonna give you, you know, what I mean, a thousand yards or a thousand plus yards. He's your short term or your short goal yardage getter. If you need to hurry up and try to get a first down, he's that guy to get it. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Trying to you on the five yard line, trying trying to get that first uh, that touchdown. He's that guy to get that. But to be the guy to sit here and think he's gonna tote that rock twenty plus uh twenty plus times a game, no, he might can give it to you. Excuse me, three, three to four games this year. But I don't see him doing it the whole year. And I feel like that uh, Belichick 
it's not really putting enough, you know what I mean, as a GM. As a GM, he's not putting enough around Matt Jones. But coaching-wise, we didn't expect him to do too much once Tom Brady departs anyway. So, <laughs> all right, man, let's get to the – Let's get to the AFC North, man. And I'm pretty sure y'all seen it. Y'all already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost a biased pick. You feel me? But I feel like my Ravens most definitely will win the AFC North this year. Now, I understand that, yes, we are coming into a new offensive coordinator. We get into a new offense. Uh, Lamar got his new deal. But also, Lamar did get some new weapons now. Lamar, that wide receiver room is, is, is pretty stacked with OBJ, Zay Flowers, Nelson Alcalove, Bashar Bateman, Devin Duvernay. You know what I mean? It, 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 uh, that, that's some good, decent names. Because in the past, it wasn't those names was, was just very terrible. <laughs> you feel me? And so I, I feel like that coming into the second year without defense, our defense and you – uh. Roquan Smith got that new contract. Uh, PQ is fighting for his new contract. I feel like the Ravens has a lot to fight for. And um, J.K. Dobbins finally returned to camp. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like that's going to give us a boost. You know what I mean? And you still got Mark Andrews, arguably top two tight end in the league. You feel me? So I don't care what y'all say. Call it bias if you want. But uh, – I'm most definitely riding with the Ravens. Now, I'm not saying that the Ravens is the clear cut because we already know that in the last two years that the Bengals has won that had won his division. You know what I mean? But with Joe Burrow being sidelined, we don't know how long he's going to be sidelined. You feel me? I think that the Bengals might start off a little rocky. We already seen that without Joe Burrow, the Bengals is nothing. With Joe Burrow, the Bengals is. You, you you know it. I ain't going to sit here and brag about this team. But anyway, with uh, Joe Burrow with this calf injury, man, I'm pretty sure that they're going to do everything possibly they can get this guy ready as as, as soon as they possibly can. But they also going to not rush him because Joe Burrow is also trying to get a new contract too. And, you know, Joe, I'm pretty sure that, that he's not going to try to jeopardize himself of not getting that big contract. So I, I feel like with, with Jamar Chase, Higgins, and Wiggins, I mean, and, and Trey Wiggs, with that big three, the, the, the Bengals are still scary. And with Joe Mixon in that backfield, the Bengals are still scary. So the Ravens can't slip up, and we can't really let the Bengals uh, get two. We most definitely got to stay ahead of that AFC North. Number three would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like they were picking and pickings. That, that's going to be a scary combination. You know what I mean? What Mike Tomlin, man, you know, he never had a losing season. But I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers is still sleeping on that run game, which I still need to see more out of Najee Harris. If Najee Harris can be a solidified 1,000-yard, strong 1,000-plus yard uh, rusher, then the Pittsburgh Steelers got something to watch out for. Then the Steelers is most definitely going to be a scary team to look out for. But for right now, man, until I can start, start seeing that identity from the Steelers, I'm not putting my fully trust on these guys right now. Like I said, you know what I mean? Of course, it's the team that I hate the most <laughs> out of all teams in the NFL. But I ain't going to lie, man. What Pickens is, is is doing, man, that wide receiver, that guy is, is a freak of nature. He's scary. He's very talented. Um, But it's just like I, I just need to see the running game from the Steelers. Can the Steelers have a, strong, have a strong running game? Or is they going to sit back and let Pickett throw the ball 40-plus times? But, you know what I mean, also for the Steelers, I need to see their defense, their cornerbacks, you know what I mean, and, and their other safety. You know what I mean? Matt, Mika Fitzpatrick can't be the only guy that's on your defense, and your defense can't just rely on T.J. Watt. If T.J. Watt is not there, then the defense is kind of flat. If T.J. Watt there, the Steelers' defense is almost scary. I understand he's probably the, the top pass rusher in the game right now, but you got to go beyond that now. TJ, we already seen that TJ Watt can't stay healthy for a long uh, term of this uh, season. So if he can stay healthy, then things things can change up for uh, Pittsburgh. But I'm not sleeping on Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? You got to know your enemies. And these guys are a scary team. These guys most definitely can 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 flip a switch. And Mike Tomlin always flip that switch towards the end of the season when teams were starting to sleep. 
So, you know what I mean? But I give them a three right now. Number four would be the Cleveland Browns. I feel like the Cleveland Browns did enough. I feel like the Cleveland Browns um, got a full season, offseason with Deshaun Watson. But, you know what I mean? We, we still – my question mark is still on Deshaun Watson and how can he play. You know what I mean? We we – <clears throat> We we expect him to be co- go right back to the Deshaun Watson and who he used to be, you know what I mean. But at the same time, yes, they did add Amari Cooper, but now that they don't have that two headed monster in that run game with Kareem Hunt going down uh, to the Saints, it's like now you you really fully depending on Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb is no slouch. Nick Chubb is arguably top five running back in this league, you know what I mean. But at the same time, man, we 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 just I just need to see more of Cleveland Browns and the way Cleveland Browns look in the preseason right now and you know it's, it's no first string in there but they're just the way how that offense is just kind of just sluggish in my opinion it's not going to really get the job done for them you feel me so I I really feel like that the Browns will they they're not going to be a totally basement team it's going to be some time that the Browns do scare you it's going to be some time that the Browns uh, 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 win some games, you probably got to scratch your head on. The Browns are capable of doing that, you know what I mean, especially with Deshaun Watson back there. But at the same time, I just feel like they are the bottom team of this division. So there you have it. That is my AFC, you know what I mean, just in case for the people who didn't see it, AFC North is right here. My AFC South. My AFC East. And my AFC West. Let's hopefully, hopefully I can get I can get some of these picks right, man. You know what I mean? Because like I said, it's, it's it's hard to pick on some of these teams throughout the year, man. Because some of these teams, you you feel like they're gonna live off the hype of last year, and then they really don't, man. Let's see. I got a comment right here. My man Burry said, yes, it's going to be a tough division. I'm most definitely, and I think you're talking about the AFC North. Yes, most definitely it's going to be a tough division, man. You know what I mean? It, it depends on what type of the, the rest of the other divisions is going to be doing. I feel like the AFC North can maybe potentially, potentially squeeze out three uh, playoff contenders this year. You know what I mean? It, it's potentially. We got to see how things go, but. The way that division uh, is going to pretty much be knocking each other off at the, towards the end of the season because as the Ravens and the Steelers play each other last game of the season. And as always from the last couple of years that the Ravens always, I mean, uh, that AFC North always come down to the last three weeks of the season. So, you know what I mean? So they, they most definitely going to be taking each other out when it comes to uh, that season, man. So, to all my listeners, you know what I mean, that pretty much seen it. Like I said, if y'all would like, put y'all picks in the comments below. You know what I mean? Who y'all feel like is going to win uh, each division if y'all want. You feel me? Uh, let's see. I got another comment. My man OG Mac. I say the Steelers will be last in the AFC North. Uh, like I said, I, I don't really see it. You know what I mean? I hate to say it. You know what I mean? I would love to agree with you on that one. But like I said, man, with, with with that with that guy Pickens as that wide receiver, man, he, he's very dangerous. And you know, history shows that Mike Tomlin don't have too many losing seasons. You know what I mean? So I feel like the Steelers are, are not the basement team. I still feel like that. You know, the Browns are still that basement team. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? You could be right. You know what I mean? You are entitled to your uh, opinion, OG. You feel me? Um, all right, as as I told y'all, the football season is coming. It's knocking. I have an announcement to make. And that announcement is, yo, MTMO uh, prediction season will be back this year, though. You feel me? And I cannot wait to start this off, man. And like I said, this is the first uh, announcement right here. And last year we played for $25. This year, we're going to be paying for the same $25 again. You feel, We're not the same, you know. It's going to be new money, you know. The last year when it got their money already. But um, this year, we're going to be playing for uh, $25 this year. So if you would like to get down in the MTMO prediction 
season. All you got to do is hit me up on my Instagram. If you don't know what my Instagram is, all you got to do is read the little ticket at the bottom, and it's going to give you my uh, social media platform. And all you got to do is most definitely hit me in the DM and say, I am down. This year is going to be a little bit different. And it's going to be a little bit more fun, in my opinion, yo, because this year I'm doing it. Uh, I won't be just having individual texts. This year I'm going to be creating inside of a group, you know what I mean, called an app called Group Me. You know what I mean? So to give you a little heads up, you're going to have to be downloading a new app. And, uh, and the way you pick your games, it's going to be dope. You know what I mean? Everybody in the group be able to see who you pick. You won't got to worry about nobody cheating uh, nothing in that nature because I ain't got heard this noise this year. You feel me? So MTMO's prediction season is back. And like I said, if you want to participate and try to win these tw- this $25, all you got to do is hit me in my DM on Instagram at MTMO underscore sports podcast. You feel me? And if you didn't catch that, it's the little ticker right there at the bottom. You feel me? This is gonna be dope. I can't wait. Hopefully, I get a uh hopefully I get the returning uh participants from last year because those those guys are very competitive, like my man Kurt, Mike, my wife, uh my bro, uh Marty. Um, you know, what I mean, hopefully everybody can return. Hopefully, I get some new members this year. Also, like I said, yo, it's very dope. Like I said, we're gonna be in the group chat. The way you get entertained, you can talk to everybody, you can talk your trash, all that. So if you are down, most definitely hit me in the DMs, you feel me? And my last announcement I would like to make, hold on, before I get there, I got some comments. My favorite ladies, Locked In Sports, next episode will be, I will be giving out my NFC predictions, you feel me? So I got y'all, don't worry, I'm most definitely going to put y'all on the mat. And they also want to know, where do I have the Cowboys? <laughs> oh, man. Quiet minds would like to know, don't you? <laughs> we will see. We will see. Next episode, 113, I most definitely will be um, giving out uh, my NFC predictions for each division. You feel me? So, most definitely, you know what I mean? Locked in sports, I got y'all. Got y'all, trust me. You already know. You know I keep it real with y'all when it comes to the Cowboys, so you already know. But before I let y'all go, man, I want to make sure to let y'all know, man, I have this dope event that is happening tomorrow, man. I mean, uh, Saturday, I'm sorry. So Saturday, I'm having this dope event. As y'all been seeing, I've been posting on my stories, on my Instagram reels and stuff like that, that. I have an event that I am linking up with Walk a Mile on My Shoes uh, nonprofit organization. And if you don't know, if you've paid attention to my interview I did with Mr. Eugene Campbell, man, he made his promise that he was going to come to Baltimore and we was going to give back to the less fortunate. And that's happening this Saturday. You know what I mean? So for all my people that are still, I'm still collecting donations. Donations is still rolling in, man. I still got some people that I need to meet and uh, to grab some more donations. But if you have any shoes, clothes, or any items that's still wearable for the less fortunate, please hit me in my DM uh, on Instagram also at MTMO underscore sports podcast. Let me know that you are down to donate and we can try to link up because my last day of collecting donations will be this Friday. This Friday. So remember, this Saturday, here's the info. If you'd like to be there, you know what I mean? Meet me there. Don't, 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 don't meet me there. Beat me there. You already know the slogan. You feel me? Like I said, you get the chance to meet Mr. Eugene Campbell and his great organization, man, that we are great to link up and collab. And I, I'm, I'm so pumped, man. I'm so pumped. I, I can't wait to, to actually meet him in person and everything, man. So, like I said, man, for all the people that are still willing to uh, to donate, hit me in my DM. Um, also, uh, for all the people that you know that's willing to want to watch and everything in that nature, man, I will be going live on my Instagram. You know what I mean? So most definitely follow my Instagram 
And I will be going live throughout that whole two hours that we are out there giving back to the less fortunate, man. Because like I said, man, my city most definitely need a helping hand. And I'm glad that I was able to link up with my uh, with uh, Walk a Mile in My Shoes. And I'm glad they was able to actually come down to Baltimore and, and, and do this meet and greet, man. And it's like I said, it's going to be dope. It's, it's going to be nothing but love. It's going to be nothing but great vibes and everything, man. The location, yes, sir, is uh, that that uh, address is uh, pretty much directly across the street uh, to where we're going to be at. It's going to be directly under the eighty-three uh, bridge. You know, what I mean, right under the uh, the bridge uh, the bridge that's go up for eighty-three. So yes, it's going to be right there underneath for that OG. I already know you're going to be in the building, man. I'll, you always give me uh, your support as much as you can, man. So, yes, for all the people, once again, that need that information, here's that information. Again, you feel me? And like I said, man, it, it's going to be good, great vibes, man. It's going to be dope. It's going to be – I just can't wait. <laughs> I really just can't wait, man, because like I said, I've been wanting to do some – community service, get back to my community, even though I, I've been doing it in so many different ways, you know, like my car club, we always get back to community. Um, I do it with my mother-in-law uh, from time to time, but to actually have, you know, my brand and and to actually have a great organization standing behind me, man, it's going to be dope. It's going to be dope, man. I appreciate you, Barry, man. I really do. 100. All right, man. And as always, man, <laughs> like I said, for everybody that can be there, man, please show up. Uh, please lend a helping hand and everything, man. And and like I said, it's going to be a very dope time, man. Very dope time. So, you know what I mean? I also got another little surprise for y'all as I end this episode, man. Y'all go ahead and listen to my guy, Kev, man. Real dope artist, man, who've been spitting his, his his raps you feel me and he gave his little intake on how the nba season went last year man so tune check my guy out and as always yo i check y'all fuck up my poly again and i'm gonna have to run wait hold on carry my dog i go hard for him easy buckets i said the whole league who's got him and the Nets wouldn't be shit without Michael Bridges. I'm tired of seeing Ben Simmons at games. He don't play no minutes. Who Bill and Mellows while I listen to Miles Bridges? And fuck the process. He ain't no shit. Always crying and bitching. Damn. Shout out Nikola Jokic. Should have been the MVP. All them TDs nobody knows. And GSW bullying with Clay, trying to keep Curry focused. If Draymond would have punched me, I would have backed. I hope nobody noticed. Minutes work out too much. I can't hang with you. I'm about to fly to Portland. Still trying to see what damn gonna do. I'm trying to sign a contract with anybody. Play a game or two. But Giannis, the way they draw the lane, I ain't gonna play with dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one right there And I ain't gonna take the jump shot because I'm scared Come on bro, over here, set the pick Hold on, wait right there It's a bird, it's a plane Wait, nah, hold on, it's a lob in the air and you better catch it. Mike, Mikey Williams caught them charges. Hope he learned his lesson. Yeah. Jimmy would have got his first ring. It would have been a blessing. Oh, when KD went to the Suns, I was smoking just because I was stressing. And why Darius Garland always on bullshit? I'm about to go to Chirac and be on some bullshit with DeMar and Zach Levine, nigga. I'm on some bullshit. And I cannot hang with Jordan Poole. He a little bitch. But hey, at least he got a ring. They, they traded him for CP3. Now tell me what you think. My white boy is shoot your lights out. He can't jump for nothing. Hey, bro, pass that shit over here. I'm about to start something. And it's bitch like, hey, y'all, my brace hangs ain't got no Nigga, it's scary Taking shots all day and you can't make none You trying to play me for the bread, you ain't gonna make none I'm fired up in this bitch with my man, trying to Harlem shake some Yeah, bitch, cause we the Globetrotters Trying to travel the whole world, we seen a whole lot of Doing this shit for a couple years, I ain't with number one like you and Bianca Damn Who the fuck made LeBron James King? <laughs> <laughs>